0: I think you have to really look at your own game and your own psycho- psychology because there's, if you're going to do this full time, it means that you have to have some kind of support system around you. You have to be very committed in your mind to take this step and it is a big step. It's a huge step for a lot of people and the biggest fear
1: is loss of steady income. Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the Number One Coach Biz podcast, where it is all about how you can make your coaching business number one in your niche, how you can stand out online and become visible for the people that need your help. Something personal. One of the most beautiful places I have visited was Tuscany in Italy. Hi, my name is Erno Arning and I'm a mentor for life and business coaches that want to become number one in the niche. In this episode, I interview Carl Brooks. Carl is a business growth mentor for heart-centered life and wellness coaches. Carl believes that clarity comes from action. And I found that to be true because I've seen him to get clarity in my expertise session and transfer it into action. His mission is to help coaches build a successful business they love that attracts opportunities and customers. Carl specializes in the mastery of inner psychology and the outer steps and strategies, which is necessary to sustain a profitable coaching business. Please enjoy the tips and ideas that Carl shares in this interview. Let's get the show rolling. Welcome to the number one Coach Beers podcast where you will learn how to make your coaching business number one in your niche. Practical tips that you can use to improve your business today. And now, your host, Erno Hannink. Hello and welcome, Carl Brooks. Hi, Erno. I'm glad you're in the podcast and the number one coach of this podcast. And uh, um, I'm curious because I think that we do similar things for our clients. We have similar clients. And I know you because uh, you also did a session with me, to make that clear from the beginning. And um, But if you go to a networking event and you meet with people, what do you say that you do? Good question
0: i typically answer that by saying that I'm a business growth coach, and I offer coaches, that's life and health coaches, clarity with the inner game, the psychology of becoming an entrepreneur and a coach, and also the outer game, the actual mechanics and next steps, so that they can move forward, find clients, design programs, and learn to promote themselves in a way that doesn't sound salesy, but authentic.
1: But what does that mean exactly what you do because you talk about inner and outer and you mentioned um, sales and what is it what does it do what do you do exactly so I'm offering a total package to coaches
0: where they can find their confidence to move forward with the company because what I found is that 80% of success is really the psychology and it's getting up every morning Knowing that the day before, maybe you've heard, you know, you've had three potential uh, client lead conversations. They've all said no. It's getting up the next day and doing it all over again. It's being consistent. It's staying focused. This is the the daily struggle that a lot of entrepreneurs and coaches face. So my USP, as it were, is to focus on the inner game and also the other side, which is the 20%, the, the mechanics, the actual steps that they have to take to get their message out there to promote themselves and to design programs that customers are going to love. And the way I do that is in one-on-one mentoring sessions, which last for three months. I'm a big believer in longer periods of coaching so that you can ensure that the psychology stays in place, but also that people are held accountable for the steps that they have to take. And more concretely, I make an action plan with them, a marketing plan, and we make a strategy for the next six to 12 months ahead and what they have to do at each step, and of course, the priorities that they need to take so they do the right thing first and not do everything at once.
1: And you say you prefer and you believe in the longer um, type of, of, of mentoring or coaching. Yes, yeah. And, you, and then you say three months. Uh, minimum minimum of three months. Right, because I I believe in the same thing, and I uh, my structure is a year. Yeah. Which is divided in four quarters, but still, um, I think I think I think in general, um, you won't you will only change one part of your business or of yourself in one quarter, and and so there's more sections of your business or yourself you need to change, so you need a lot more than just one quarter.
0: Exactly, and I find that it's a great way to bring people in because what I found is also that not everyone is open to doing it for a longer period of time initially. Uh, some of them are, but I've, I found that a, a lot of coaches are also very creative people. They're multi-passionate, and the idea of committing to a long period of time for many, even though it would be good for them, and even though there are plenty of arguments to say it is, is sometimes uh, the, the, the step is a little bit too big for them. So what I found is that I will offer initially three months, and of course, you're right, there are certain steps that only can can be done in those three months, and not everything can be done. And what happens is at the end of those three months, so actually already at the end of the first or second month, then we will talk and discuss further extension of the coaching. I found that this works best for me and my clients. Obviously, every coach is different, how they approach that. And I find it's just a very good way to bring people in and give them that sense of flexibility, but also to know that I am there in the long term for them
1: with a a structure of support. And do you have a, a typical topic that you tackle in the first section? Yeah, the first
0: one I look at is really looking at the strategy for the next six months. What are the priorities? What are the objectives? Also looking at who is the ideal client and more specifically doing research asking these clients what their needs are. So we can find out exactly what the the need is that we're trying to serve. And then we can look at how we can then design programs and market ourselves in a way that's going to resonate with those clients. Because you now know what the, what the need is. Rather than thinking what the need of the client is, actually going out there and doing the field work to find out what that need is.
1: And how do you do that field work? Is, is it do you have like um? Cause what I do is I um, I I I tell them so we find the target client, not an ideal client, but the target client, and then um I you know I tell them they need to interview these people. Yeah. So to get the language, how, how do you how do you do that?
0: I agree with you. I do the same thing. What I do is I typically I will ask people to engage in their Facebook pages to actually call people, message people. And I also encourage my clients to send out a small survey, which would be maybe three, maybe five questions tops, asking the, their potential clients, you know, what are they struggling with? What do they help with? What do they need help with? Um, what are the topics they find particularly difficult? And going back to the psychology in the inner game, what are the what are the aspects of their job that they find most difficult to do? Is it is it being visible? Is it being vulnerable and getting your message out there? Uh, is it being honest and upfront with people? Because I found that all these things are equally as important as the tangible struggles of running a
1: business. And is its is it open-ended questions that you do then?
0: Yeah, obviously. So it's we're looking at the what's and the how's and the why's. And what I would ask them to do is first – ask the clients or potential leads what their needs and struggles are or, if, or the challenges are at the moment but i also ask them to do the industry research as well so to approach peers in their industry uh, in a way that in a way that because you obviously when you're approaching other people they the, who are maybe competitors you have to be you have to add value to them you can't just go in there and say, hey, I I need your help because these people are are, are busy. So what I'm looking for when I approach peers in my industry is to offer them a way that I can help them. Often I will propose a way that I could help them, maybe give them a guest post uh, in my Facebook group or my Facebook page or even in a blog or an email that I'm writing. And that would really promote collaboration. And once that conversation is going, then in a, in a natural way, the, the, the questions will come up from both sides. Well, you know, how how are you doing your business? What are the things that you are struggling with as a coach? And uh, are there synergies that, that we can find so that we can work together? And what I find when you do that, when you have that open conversation with a, with a peer, is that you get a, a better flow, a better picture, and a better exchange of, of information that's that's going to help you to run your business whether it be a, a mistake that a peer has made that you that, that you talk about that you don't have to make it or just a, a useful piece of information like a like a WordPress plugin that that you could use
1: so um, because I, I, I in general I don't really do that I don't I, I focus on the clients so why do you concentrate on the peers I do that because I know that collaboration
0: – I've found that collaboration is important. And it's not only – because a lot of coaches, they work alone and some of them are, are fine working alone. But I've found that it's actually a nice uh, for my own development to reach out to see what's going on in the industry. Because you know, as, as coaches, as entrepreneurs, we, if we're not careful, we can put ourselves into a bit of a corner. A lot of, a lot of people work alone. And I'm quite happy to do that. But the the consequence is that you can sometimes become a little isolated. And there are so many opportunities and so many chances to work with other people so that you have uh, a better reach, so that you can tap into other audiences. And I'm a big believer in people working together and coming out stronger together. So I have a... Big background in the corporate world where we've, I've worked for 25 years in marketing and communication, and I'm very used to working in teams. And I've, I know the synergies and I know the 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 power of teamwork. So being a coach and entrepreneur is no exception. So that's what I found is by reaching out and really learning the craft, learning from other people, that it also improves my business and helps me to to really become more professional in my skill set and my development.
1: Hmm. Okay, I will get back to that later on because I think that I have I do a similar thing just in a different way, so I want to talk to you about that a little bit later. Sure. Because you also now tapped into something else which I think is is interesting is um your background because you talked about you've been working in the corporate world, but I found that you've been educated in business and leisure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. And what do you do with that today? What is it, how, how do you use that today? You mean the, the, my education? Or yes. do you mean the
0: 20 years of marketing and communication? No, the education. <laughs> well, the education but yeah, when I started, was 20 years ago. Yes. Uh, that gave me a broad spectrum and understanding of running a business. We did a lot of marketing work, a lot of promotion, uh, accounting, really the basics of running a business. And when I moved to Holland and found work at KLM or Air France, KLM as it's now called, it really helped me there to set up the KLM website at the time. This is going back maybe 15 years ago when I started that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, KLM didn't have a website at all. So you can imagine I was there right in its infancy and there was a lot going on. And of course, you do need some business background to really understand what it takes to build a website, to spread the word to make sure that your sales funnel is up and running, and that your your machine of a reservation system behind that is also fully capable of handling everything, so i 've used that background in my corporate world experience, and of course now uh, many years later. Uh, can you imagine when I when I did my business course the internet didn't even didn't even exist or it was maybe just in its infancy just starting so the world has changed but having worked in e commerce for several years now it's certainly a big big help and at least in terms of confidence to be able to deal with software and all the changes that are happening all the new technologies we have to take advantage of and it, what I found I don't know whether you found this also you know is that many many people Uh, many coaches in particular, they they struggle with technology. Do you find
1: that as well? Well, um, I think there is is a gradation there. I mean, there's people that um, they want to tag along and they are learning from the people that are ahead of them. And there are people there, they think they can't um, learn anymore, so they just – they want to have a new website and they just want to outsource it and just have somebody do it for them and don't want to do anything with it. Um, so I think that if you, in this business, if you want to, um, be an entrepreneur and, you know, and have a good coaching business, uh, you can outsource a lot of things, but still in the end, you have to do some of the things yourself because keeping up with technology is helping you to keep up with your business.
0: Yeah, I agree, because there are so many opportunities and chances with new technologies. And I think what on, what a lot of entrepreneurs find is that they are, they are either the type that will embrace it and try it out, or they're the kind that – and, and, and I'm, I must admit, I'm often the, the second kind who just maybe are not early adapters, but we'll just see how the market reacts first to things. Because – I'm quite firm in my vision, and I try not to let myself be distracted too much by um, other developments.
1: New shiny and, objects. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. And there are a lot out there. There are a lot out there. And you know, I, I'm a big, big believer in focus and commitment to something. So um, I, I've even recently started to reduce the amount of time I'm spending on the Internet, which is... Which is proving very interesting, <laughs> because you feel this draw, you know, each day to open your, your Twitter or your Facebook, and when you start to impose limits on yourself to do that, uh, at first it's it's quite strange, right? Um, and after a while, it, you realize that this is probably one of the biggest, most productive things you've ever done in your life. <laughs>
1: So, I gotta, I gotta do something with that too. No, I, (laughs) actually, I'm already limiting my time on, 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 you know, Facebook and Twitter and all this stuff. I, I don't limit my time on internet because I, I work on internet, but I, I, um, I have set times to look at Facebook and Twitter and my email. Actually, email, I just check once a day and that's it. So, when I'm on lousy days or on bad days, like today, my health is not at my best. Um, I see I spend more time because I've, you know, that's just wasting my time. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, so you mentioned you moved to Amsterdam. Yes. You come from? From the UK,
0: born and raised in the southwest of England.
1: And how, how do you decide to go to Amsterdam? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's a big jump, but there was it's actually a, a, a triangular route. Uh, I uh, was working for British Telecom at the time, and then I got a job offer, Uh, by a French bank in the east of France near Luxembourg. This is back in the early 90s and I thought, you know what, I'd love to move to mainland Europe and get some experience there. I was young and I thought it would be a great idea and it was, it was a wonderful idea. I had a contract for two years working at this French bank and it gave me this wonderful opportunity in the weekends to drive around France, Germany, Belgium and also in Holland. Uh, so at the end of the two years, it was like, okay, well, where do I where do I want to go? And Holland was right at the top of my list. It was uh, a country that I'd really love to be in. And Amsterdam, of course, was—it's uh, a very, very beautiful city, an exciting city. And I decided to move here. The, the great advantage, of course, is that many people in Amsterdam spoke English at the time. And, well, they still do. And um, so that was great for me to be able to find work pretty much... Pretty much immediately, but I did. Uh, I did then go to, to school and uh, learn the Dutch language, and from there there were more more job opportunities, and that's when I moved into KLM. So I hope that creates a clear. Answer.
1: Yes, and and do you see that um, making that jump at that time is helping you today in your business? Do you see their difference? Do you feel something? That's a very good question.
0: I think what's what it has primed me for as an entrepreneur uh th- this this moving to another country is being able to adapt uh, i think i i think i i think even on my on my cv i've got the word adaptive <laughs> somewhere written under one of my strengths i find it quite easy to adapt to new situations uh embrace uncertainty um, i don't mind that i actually i i like diversity. Hmm. I like I like variation. So that that really is a, a great quality to have I think as an entrepreneur.
1: Um I also saw that you mentioned you are a business mentor for ambitious coaches. Yeah. Um do you see that there are coaches out there that are not ambitious? I do sometimes see
0: people who stay in their comfort zone. Stay in their comfort zone. And there's nothing wrong with that. But of course, you know, if you want to change your life, you've got to change your life. So I I use ambitious, but actually another good word would be hardworking or, or people who are willing to change in order to move forward and develop themselves. That's really what that's, what that's all about and what I'm all about. As I mentioned at the top of this, this call, I'm all about the inner game and the outer game and i I know that if you are if someone approaches me and they're not particularly willing to change anything they just want to be they just want a sounding board with a cup of coffee well that's really not what i'm at i'm I'm about moving people forward uh getting or challenging them to try out new things, things they don 't feel comfortable with, maybe make themselves more visible. Uh, maybe learning new skills that perhaps they don't feel that they're ready for. Because I'm a firm believer that you know we are always learning and growing. And if we're not, then we probably shouldn't be entrepreneurs or coaches.
1: Yeah, and you also mentioned that it has something to do with you, you want to follow your dream. Mm-hmm. What is your dream? My dream?
0: Well, actually, I have many different dreams um, because for my business – it's having being able to sustain myself to have time and location freedom. as I said, I'm a big fan of variation. Um, on a, a health side, my dream is to well, remain energetic and uh, and vital and I think in terms of, relationships is just being able to continue to support people. I know it's very cliche, but once you are in this business and once you do start helping people and help them to get results, I mean, and you see that they're getting results, it's, it's its own reward. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's probably uh, an after after 25 years in the corporate world, I must say, uh, if I'm able to help one or one or two coaches really earn some extra income and move forward as a as a person, you know, because uh, it's not just about being a coach and entrepreneur, it's who you become in that process, and it's wonderful to see people grow into what they want to become. It's very fulfilling,
1: very fulfilling. Well, I. I, I... I agree, and um, I actually have this a, a bit broader. I I I want to help coaches to um, really, you know, do what they have to do. So uh, most of the coaches they feel they have a mission in the world. They they want to help people. They need to help people. But a lot of those coaches don't make enough money to be able to sustain the business and to keep on doing that. So that's. That's, I think that's, that's where I find my mission. My mission is you know, so that they can have a business, so that they can continue to do what they need to do. Uh, you also mentioned there just now saying that you health-wise you want to remain energetic and vital. But sometimes something happens to you that a is a bit out of control. And it changes your life. And I think something like that happened to you in 2013. Yes, it did. It did. I woke up
0: uh, one morning with the left side of my body completely paralyzed. And actually, I had a lot of pain in my back. So I went to the doctors with pain in my back. So the doctor called the neurologist. And, uh, well, I was... I was not in agreement that it was something to do with my brain or my head because my back was hurting and I was sure there was a trapped nerve or something. However, that afternoon I went to the neurologist and I uh, had an MRI scan and they found a ball in my brain. I saw it on the cross-section of my my brain on the computer screen in front of us and uh, the doctor said it looked as if it was an abscess which was crushing my nervous system so obviously that was uh, that was uh, devastating to see that because she wasn 't quite sure she she couldn 't really reassure me at the time that it was it was treatable but anyway we went, I went to hospital and uh, uh, within a couple of days, uh, they did a biopsy and took a sample and found that it was a bacteria from my own mouth and it It appears that a tooth extraction that we th- the month before had resulted in some bacteria getting into my blood system and up into my brain and causing this this bacterial abscess. Oh wow. Yeah. So I was in hospital for three weeks, and uh, once they analysed the type of bacteria, they were able to give me uh, uh, antibiotics, and it was it was completely treatable, but it meant that I had to be stay on uh, antibiotics uh, twenty four hours a day for three months. So yes, that was a uh, uh, a huge wake-up call, and uh, I, I did walk out of the hospital on my own two feet, having made a very uh, quick recovery. Lots of physiotherapy, lots of determination to get back and up and running. But yeah, it was um, it was a moment of reflection for me, and how how do I want to Really planned the second half of my life, I think once I heard recently that there are there are only four thousand weeks in an average life if you live to eighty years old, and I was at a a halfway point so how am I going to live the rest of of the second half of my life and um, the 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 move further full time into coaching because I was doing it part time at the time moving into full time coaching was for me really a non-negotiable. It was so clear to me that uh, this was what I should be doing, and uh, you know, I, I now coach other people to to do the same, but without the need
1: for a wake-up call that I had. <laughs> well, I'm still, I, I I don't think um, – no, I'm not sure that you can do this without a wake-up call. I think that a wake-up call is really important to do something like this, although it doesn't have to be so um, – Serious in your brain, right? Yeah. Um, But but I I, I like what you said because you mentioned that you did this part-time before and you're doing uh, it full-time and that was the moment you decided this. And I also noticed that your partner, Johan, he's also doing it right now in a part-time way. He's doing it next to his job. That's right. Looking at looking at do you looking at the situation between you and your partner looking at what you've done in the past what do you think is better is it better to do it halfway or do it full time I think you have to really
0: look at your own game and your own psycho psychology because there's if you're going to do this full time it means that you have to have some kind of support system around you You have to be very committed in your mind to take this step, and it is a big step. It's a huge step for a lot of people, and the biggest fear is loss of steady income. And I don't think there is a right or a wrong way to do it. I just think that if you are really just starting, really just beginning, it probably is a good idea to get some experience first, and that could be in a a part-time way. Um, you could also take a course you know, or to have some coaching education doing that next to your, your part-time job I think if you just if you jump into it without a coaching education without any experience and jump into it full-time I think there are great risks in that hmm. and unless you have some kind of financial support around you to be able to do that uh, then you know you would have to assess the risks for yourself, right. whether, whether you would. I think it also takes a lot of trust in yourself and your own ability, and particularly your own skill set. Because uh, I don't, I don't know what you found, Anna, but um, being able to network, <coughs> reach out, and talk to people is is a huge part of of the the coaching profession. Don't you agree? Well,
1: um, no. <clears throat> I can do I can do a lot without the networking. Um, I can I'm I'm actually very I'm confident. No, I'm not I'm comfortable. That was what I'm looking for. Um, I'm working from my computer in my own office without leaving the office for weeks, and um, I do network, but I just network online, and I can manage that. Um, I can become very visible. Just you know. Without being in the actual spotlight, um, so so I have I have some different experience there, which is okay. And also the other thing is that you know you talk about um, stable income, and I think if you look at it as in, from the entrepreneur's side, um, stable income, um, uh, you know as a, as a job, right? That because I I think you you really mean a job. Um, that's that's a, a myth as well. Of course, if you're in the middle of it, you know, it feels like you have a job. It's a stable income because you get the money every month. But if they want to, they can terminate your job and you just have no income, right? So how stable is stable?
0: Well, this is the question. And the problem is, is that we all look at that differently. And, you know, we all have a different degree of, of confidence or fear in that question. Um, and I don't think that, like I said before, I don't think there was a right or a wrong way. I think, I think you do have to challenge yourself. I am a big, big um, promoter of challenging yourself to move forward. But I also feel and know that particularly there are a lot of coaches who are, for example, single mums or they have a family with kids. And everyone has to address that question on their own. And it also depends on what your resources are. I mean, if you, a lot of people either they'll they'll have some resources, some savings that they can tap into as 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 a as a as a resource, as a kind of backup. Uh, and other people say, well, I I don't have any resources at all, but I'm a very determined entrepreneur, and I'm just going to go for it.
1: Yeah.
0: And this the, so you no know, hats off to to, to both sides. They're, no, they're
1: but I also think that if you um if you want to become an entrepreneur, I think you just have to jump sometimes, right? So. Um, by jumping um, there's no way you, you just have to do it and if you do it halfway um, you, you, oftentimes what I found was that you know i started with just taking one day off and just trying to start my business in that one day off is that I, I still you know work um, 100% in those four days at my job and didn't have time to start my real my own job and so the, the only the only way out I was um, seeing in the end was just to quit my job and start my business because that that forced me to um, you know do sales to make myself visible to get clients and 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 find okay so what I what are the clients I want to help what do I want to do with them because if, if, if you're just you know um, laying you know leaning back onto your job and on um, this stable income, the, the need to actually go for it is is also lower. I don't know. I, I don't know whether I fully agree. Okay, there. well, and that's. I think that is just why we're just talking this. I think. Yeah. It, it was there was several sites and um, uh, and people just have to figure out what is your way to do this, right? I think so. I think so. That's that's really what it's about, and it's it's not about
0: the, It's not about the the role of the entrepreneur. It's not about jumping into entrepreneur. It's about the transition. It's about that 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 the decision to do it
1: the transition um if you if you look back right um and you know all the things that you know now and um what would be the most important thing that you would do differently today. Let's say, okay, you have you have all the knowledge that you have today, and you go back to the first day of starting your business. What would you do differently?
0: That's a good question. I've just give you the context of my answer. I, I have a background in uh, also in project management, so right from the start, it was very important for me to uh, make clear what. The, the next months would look like for me, and what the priorities were. Um, so I did that, and that really, really helped me. What I did find, though, is that the things that I that I did first were not necessarily the things that were going to generate income. Hmm. So if I could do things differently uh, as a starting entrepreneur, as a starting coach, I would tell myself to, to look seriously at cash flow, to start, particularly to, be able to, to sustain myself as a coach, look at ways where I could add value quickly and get paid for adding that value uh, quickly. Uh, stay away from making a perfect eight week online course for example and just concentrate on being able to help someone today this week and I think that's I think that's what I would do
1: I yeah, think I would, yeah I think that is a great point Carl because I, I see that a lot of coaches they um, you know they see their cash flow they, well, if if they you know that's of course one point they need to look at it but if they see their cash flow and it doesn't go well, uh, and if they see that their revenues are not just going as they you know, planned, um, they actually know that uh, cash flow and revenue is a really important part of their business. But somehow, some way, they will find other things that are more important to do that day than focusing on getting a new client or just giving them value and just being able to cash from that value. And it's, I think it's so amazing and i and, and i cannot um because I, I i have done I've made the same stupid mistakes you know it's 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 you find a thousand things to do in a day and you do everything except except the most important thing is to get the next client and get revenue. And, and how 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 can you be so dumb, right? How can you be so stupid and, and not just focus on the most important thing in the business because that's that's the only thing that will make you survive in the-
0: Yeah, but I think I think um, what I found is with my clients is uh, I think I mentioned this before is that many coaches are extremely creative, and they love to be creative. Uh, they are not not all of them are are are, are, are left brained. And you know, uh, embrace finance and cash flow and uh, bringing in the money. They would rather they would rather create a beautiful program or an online course or write this f- four-page beautiful blog um, than uh, think about calling a client and getting uh, uh, and and selling their coaching.
1: Yeah, but you 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 say creative, and I say it is. Um it's 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 more like a, a time waster i don't know. I, I don't i can't find the right word right now okay. anyway it doesn't matter it, um, <laughs> i agree and i and i think i think that is um i think that is it's good that a coach like you and i um are you know um it's one of the important things that we focus on is on this topic so that we get those creative coaches to um you know, look at the books look at how you you know how do you do today so yep. what is the most important thing you need to do today yeah exactly um is this something that you do pay attention to in your retreat because i you have a retreat that you go to tuscany
0: mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah on the 10th and to the 17th of october uh i have a retreat in tuscany for 6 days i'm taking 14 Yeah, hardworking, heart-centered coaches with me to Tuscany. We're going to go through a new program of mine called the Claim Your Six-Figure Coaching Business Retreat. I've I've been calling it my Eat, Pray, Learn adventure. And what I teach at this retreat is the kind of the the six aspects of running a coaching business that I find the most important and have certainly catapulted me and the clients that I've worked with. To their success, and that the first one is, is vision. So, really working on the vision for their business. Uh, we mentioned cash flow before, but where is the? What's the vision for that cash flow? Where is it going to come from? What's the, the step-by-step blueprint to do that? We also look at uh, client marketing. So, that's focusing on getting confident about where you can find and enroll clients, and uh, with a personalized marketing plan to make sure you get your message out there every day. And the various channels and forms to do that client enrollment I'm bringing in uh, one of my business mentors Jennifer Jimenez from California and she's taught thousands of coaches around the world to easily generate you know, six figures with a <coughs> heart centered enrollment system she's really amazing then we're going to look at positioning on one day which is really the the heart of your your marketing and that is to communicate your value in a way that really resonates with people. And, and your leads and, and potential customers. Then we're going to look at programs, a full day on really getting to the center of your client's deepest desires and how to translate that with with some heart and soul into great programs and great sales pages that that your clients will find irresistible. So I, I'm, a, I'm an avid uh, copywriter. I love to write copies and mails and I'll be teaching all of my techniques uh, and uh, mistakes to avoid on that day. And then the final day, we're doing an implementation day, which is really where we put everything into an action plan. Everything we've learned that when you get home, you've got a constructive plan that you can operate, you can execute, and and during the months ahead. And what I'm also gonna be doing is, uh, as an extra bonus, I've added, uh, because I know that when people come home, they're gonna have questions, they're gonna need accountability. So I'm offering also, as part of the retreat, a 90 day coaching support in the form of two coaching courses or calls, two coaching calls every month to all the the applicants uh, to the retreat so uh, i'm with with them when they come home for 3 months even after the retreat as well so it's going to be fun and there's a ton of support it's, it sounds like it's
1: it's going to be you're going to be really busy i, I don't mean you but if the, as an attendee he's going to be really busy and making progress
0: That's the idea, you know, coming to Tuscany, which is a very inspirational surroundings where we've hired this beautiful luxury villa we have exclusively for ourselves. And we're right in the middle of the woods, looking across the hills of Tuscany. And there are each day uh, two, three hour workshops. I'm giving away lots of content and in the middle of it all, we have some time in the afternoon to explore the surroundings and just to let everything sink in, what they've learned, and also get the opportunity to just relax and ask each other questions and give each other uh, the support as we move forward. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. This is uh, certainly a very big undertaking. And I've, I've, I've realized that a particular lot of coaches who are um, uh, who have families, who have children, this is just an ideal way to unplug to come away from the daily distractions of the kids pulling at, uh, pulling at you, like where, where did you put this, mum? Where did you put that, dad? And come away from all of that, and to be able to focus fully on developing your business skills.
1: It, 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 I'm, I'm going to, of course, include the link to this retreat in the um, show notes, and also to the Jennifer that you mentioned, and. Um, it's, it sounds really wonderful i know the i know the area and it is beautiful so i uh it, it sounds like a great stay um final question who do you want to hear in this podcast and just, and and then you need to remind remember that um i focus on female coaches and i'm you know i want to help them to build a better coaching business sure
0: sure well that's a good question i i uh there is a person I have in mind, uh, she's called Tova Payne, don't know whether you've heard of her, she's from Canada, and she is a yoga business expert, that's how I would best describe her. She runs a, a series of, of retreats in North America, she's very successful at it, she has a, a heart of gold, she's very professional, she gives tons of value. And you should go to her website. I think it's Tova Payne. It's T O V A and then P A Y N E. Um Yeah, I would love to love to hear
1: her in and interview with you. I would love to interview her, so I'll be um I'll get in contact with the with her and um see if we can set up an interview. Great.
0: Wonderful. Look forward to that. Yeah.
1: Um thank you so much, Carl for your insights and how you look at um, entrepreneurship and coaching. And I think that as a listener today, you could have learned a lot about, you know, uh, how important it is to have the right mindset um, and the tools, but it's it's more about, you know, uh, about the mindset, actually. That's 80% of what we do is, is uh, you know, what's happening in our brains. Um, That's it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Tereno. That was the interesting interview with Carl. You can find the names and links that Carl mentioned in the post that goes with this episode. Please visit numberonecoachbiz.com/episode37 for direct access. Don't forget to subscribe to the Number One Coach Biz podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Soundcloud. And you do me a huge favor, so more coaches will discover this podcast, give this podcast your honest rating and review. This will help me to get the podcast out there. Thank you for just doing that. Send me a quick note, let me know that you did this, and I will send you a surprise. You can reach me at erno at numberonecoachbiz.com. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Number One Coach Biz podcast at numberonecoachbiz.com.